And uh, I just believe that God is going to do something very special in this brief time that we're here together. I really do that. I believe God has a word for you. My heart is, is filled with the word of God today. And uh, we're going to read this familiar verse of Scripture, verse number 8 of Luke chapter number 2. We're going to read about seven verses of Scripture here. It says, And there were in the same country pastors abiding in the field. <laughs> right? Keeping watch over their flock by night. And that's what we do. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Come on, somebody. Amen. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. And today for just a few short minutes, I do need to pause real quickly and remind you, we, the offering container is at the front. There's an offering container at the, in the foyer when you came in. And we're just going to leave it at that. And at the end of the service, if you prepared an offering, you can bring your offering forward at that time. Or you can leave it in the container as you leave today. But I do want to speak to you a message entitled, Great Joy Today. Unspeakable Joy. Come on, it's hard to describe the joy that God gives us. It's hard to, to articulate it and put it into words. But we're going to ask the Lord to just... Help shine just a little bit of light on what he can do in your life by this spiritual virtue of joy today. So let's pray. Father, we love you. I'm grateful to be in this house. I, ask, I, I honestly can say that, God, amongst our church family. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for their smiles. I'm thankful for their hugs, their handshakes. God, to be able to worship you on this day of all days, God, to be able to honor the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to do it amongst family and friends. And I pray today, God, that you would give us great joy, God, unspeakable joy, God, that in our soul, in our spirit, God, today, we would have this spiritual virtue at work within us, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, listen, I know you've got your children with you here today, and, and uh, our, we have nursery, but the children are here I'll do my best if you do your best, and one of the things that I did want to do for you today is, is um, we did have a, a little bit briefer worship service, and so I don't know that you knew this, but I wrote a song for y'all today, and I'm going to sing it for y'all today. I wrote it this morning, yes. My song is entitled, Sherry, Do You Know? <laughs> Sherry, Do You Know? Where is my belt? I can't find it. Sherry, do you know? Sherry, do you know where my truck keys are? I can't find them either. Sherry, do you know? That's funny right there. I don't care where you're from. <laughs> my, my, the best meme, what do they call that? The memes or whatever? What's that called? Like on Facebook? Something. Whatever they post on Facebook. The best one that I saw posted during this entire Christmas season, I've seen it before, but it brought great joy to me to just see it was that it's this time of year when we're going to sing the song, Mary, do you know? And Mary said, yes, I know. The angel told me. That's way ahead of y'all right there. <laughs> I 
This promise, though, I want to go right to the Word of God in Luke chapter 2 here, just to kind of take it as familiar. I'm not preaching the context, just a couple of thoughts that are extracted from it. But it was a promise made to the shepherds, but it wasn't just made to the shepherds. It was made through the shepherds. And I feel that today. And I'm not, I was not being um, uh, you know, out of uh, order biblically when I said, rather than shepherds, I said pastors. It's the same, re- same word in Greek and uh, translated both shepherds and pastors. And so it was made to the pastors, the shepherds, but it's made through the pastors and shepherds. It's to all people. The announcement would be, the announcement itself would bring, listen to what he said, great joy. The announcement that the, that the Christ had been born would bring great joy. I want you to just see that for a moment. Great, not just joy, but great joy. So I did just a little bit of research on those two words there of, of both joy and great. My emphasis briefly, though, was caught on great Great, actually, in the original language is mega. So it's mega, mega joy. God wants you to have mega joy today. Come on now, I want you to think about that. Have you ever had a long drive and and you stopped by a convenience store and you had an opportunity to either get a coffee or a Coca-Cola or something that because you wanted that caffeine and you could have gotten the 8-ounce cup, the 12-ounce cup, the 16-ounce cup, the 24-ounce cup, the 32-ounce cup, or the mega 64-ounce cup? Come on now, I know, I know which one you went to. Well, listen, God said bypass the 8, the 12, the 16, the 24. He's got a 30, come on, not, he's got a 64-ounce cup of joy for you today. I think about that with Sister Sherry for just a moment because it made me think about our coffee habits at our home. I drink just one cup of coffee in the mornings. My cup that I start with is only 6 ounces max, and I draw it down to about 4 ounces. And Sister Sherry claims that she only drinks one cup of coffee as well. But she drinks a 32-ounce cup of coffee. God, God wants you to have a cup that he can feel unto overflowing with joy this morning. Come on, somebody. Overflowing with the revelation of the birth, listen, of the Savior. That's what the angel said. He said he would be a Savior. And I know you've heard me preach many times to that first century. A Savior would be also a deliverer from Roman occupation. That was what was in their mind. But you and I have the privilege of looking back through the lens of the Holy Spirit. And we know that it would would be that we would be delivered from or saved from our sins, the freedom that we have in Christ. And so joy, joy is a work of the Spirit of God, and it is vested, it gains its strength, it's a spiritual virtue produced by the Spirit of the living God, but it gains its strength in Jesus' redemptive work, right? And I'll think about this for a moment. God gives us joy even when our life sometimes is painful. Because joy is really, to be honest, distinct from happiness. Happiness is often a human emotion. And I read a little bit of a theological argument where one theologian was trying to affirm that there's really not a distinction between happiness and joy. But I, I'm going I'm to beg to differ with him for just a moment because there can be a moment in my life where I'm really not, it's not really a happy moment. There's some situations in my life that can be very difficult. But did you know what? I can still have the joy of the Lord. I can still have his grace and the fruit of the Holy Spirit in my heart and life. I can have the joy of gladness even when life is difficult. Joy is a promise that was made to us, not just by the angel, the great joy, but it was a promise made by Christ himself. Because if we're going to be just honest, the joy that I have 
It's not even my joy, it's his joy. Listen to what he said in John 15 and 11 to his disciples. And this was at a time that was right prior to a very difficult moment for them when the bridegroom would be taken from them and they would be in sorrow. But he said this in John 15 and 11. He said, my joy might remain in you. He said, I've spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. And then he said that your joy might be full. And so you won't have joy until you have his joy, right? You've got to have his joy. When you, by faith, are able to receive from him his joy, his joy will become your joy. You joy in Jesus, but you have joy because of Jesus. Let me tell you, I'm going to be honest with you today. There are times when Christmas is not always joyous. There are times when you can be a little bit downcast because maybe of the commercialization of Christmas or various things that we've all talked about personally in our own lives that we're a little bit distraught over. But you know what? You don't get joy from Christmas. You get joy from Christ. He gives us Christ. So no circumstance. And I love this. In John 16 and 22, this is the power of this spiritual virtue that we call joy today, that no man has the ability to take it away from you. No circumstance in life as painful and as traumatic as life can be at times, nothing can take the true joy of faith that we have in God out of our hearts. Nothing. Even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I can still have joy today. Amen? I thought on a few things about joy for a moment. You know what? Joy, either joy or faith, but it is manifested or in anticipation of joy, has the ability to see beyond for a moment. Hebrews 12 and 10, I want you to think of this. This is concerning Jesus. This is, this is what the writer Hebrews said about Jesus, who for the joy that was, no, 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 that's the wrong, it was Hebrews 12 and 2. I gave you the wrong text, I'm sorry. That one looked good, but maybe written wasn't appropriate right there, because it said no chastening at this present moment seems to be joyous. <laughs> if I was going to misappropriate one, 12 and 2, I believe it is, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. That means he saw beyond. You know, that's what sometimes by faith we have to say, you know what, a brighter day is coming, right? I, I mean, it may be a difficult moment. Whatever you're going through today, listen, the Christmas season, listen, whatever, if you, even if it's tough on you and your family right now, I just want you to know if you endure, there's a promise from God by the psalmist that says, weeping shall endure through the night, but joy will come in the morning, right? It won't always be like it is. If you're downcast or it's a difficult time or you've suffered loss, let me just tell you, by the faith of God, you have to say, you know what, there's something more. God's got something for me, just as it was with Jesus. Jesus saw beyond the trauma of the crucifixion for the day when he would be enthroned in the presence of God and he would be able to see sons and daughters being brought into God's eternal kingdom. And that hope, that hope that moved him to endure the cross. I was contemplating a little bit farther on a few areas where I believe joy can abound in your life today, just briefly. Just briefly, just to drop these nuggets in your heart before I let you out of here. Is number one, I believe that we always have the opportunity to testify of God's grace. And that should bring us joy. Let's, let's read together a couple verses. Each, each little nugget I give you, I've got a scripture verse with real quickly. And this is Paul, and it's in Acts chapter number 20. And it's verses 23 through 24, just two verses of Scripture. And this is what Paul is speaking. Paul's anticipating what's about to happen when he goes to Jerusalem. 
And he said this. He said, the Spirit of God is witnessing in every city, say, that bonds and afflictions abide in me. He said, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, listen to this, to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Now listen, if your joy, listen, is tied to an opportunity to testify of his grace, then opportunity abounds for you. Opportunity abounds. If in this life that we recognize, whether in life or in death, we are, we are Christ, and we live for his purpose, if you live every day to be a bright and a shining light for him, and you know that you can get joy, you receive joy by being a bright and shining light, then we all have opportunity. You could be in the hospital bed with sickness and a very difficult diagnosis, and you can still testify of the grace of God, right? You can go through the trauma of job loss or of uncertain economic seasons, and you can still say to those that are around you, I'm going to testify of the good things of God. God's going to bring us through it. Come on, somebody. So the apostle Paul believed that if he would run his race all the way to the end, he would have joy of testifying of the grace of God, and so can we. Number two today, Fellowship with others brings joy. Fellowship with others. 2 Timothy 1, verse number 4 says this. Paul was thinking about his son Timothy, as his spiritual son. He said, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. He was thinking about the reunion that they would have, that when they would come together as a spiritual father and a spiritual son, and the bond that they shared that could not be severed by time and space, but when they were able to get back together, he was just thinking about that re reunion, and he said, I know it's going to be a joyous occasion. Did you know, church family, I want to just remind you, there is someone, or there, are, uh, uh, there is a plurality to that, there is a, a number of people in your life, that if you just have the opportunity to visit with them, just seeing their smile, just hearing their voice, Come on, just being able to share a conversation with them should bring joy to your life. Now, I, and I want to go beyond, I felt the Lord drop this in my heart. Did you know as a pastor, every year I, I sit with people in a very difficult place. And that's, that's, that's where I walk with them, might be a better analogy. I walk with them through the valley of the shadow of death as a pastor. And I, and I see the pain uh, 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 that they're going through when they when they lose they lose one that's so close that they're so close to and I, and 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 I want to say perhaps we all understand it a little bit uh, maybe not all exactly at the situation that would be peculiar to that particular moment most of us have lost someone that we care about at some point in time in our life but I want to say this to you today on Christmas morning you may have lost someone special but I want you to know this God always has other people who bring joy to your life, and you bring joy to them, right? And so I'm not saying that your heart won't still hurt over the loss of someone else, but you can't live in that the rest of your life. you got to feel a warm body. Come on, somebody. you got to have a handshake, a hug. you got to have some companionship, some friendship, and some relationship. And I tell you what, when you think about that, 
You know, all of our family's not together on Christmas morning today. But I tell you what, we're not going to walk around with our heads hung low. Come on. We're going to walk around. We're going to celebrate the ones who are here. And we're going to hold dear the ones who aren't in our heart. Right? Number three today, there's only 32 of these, like that cup. Uh, <laughs> there's only four. When you're vested in the lives of others, listen to this. This helps me a lot. I tell you what, this brings me greater joy probably than any part of ministry, Dr. Brassfield. Number three is this. When you're vested in the lives of others and you see their growth and you see them mature in their faith, I'm telling nothing brings me greater joy. He said in 3 John, he said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. when When I see, number one, I've got two sides of this personally. I, as a pastor, I have my church family. I have what I would call my sons in the faith, sons and daughters in the faith, those that I'm probably a little bit closer to because they have a ministry call like myself that I, I see them grow and mature. And then my own children, when I, I see them uh, moving into adulthood, moving beyond now with their own children, and I see them maturing in the faith, that brings me the greatest joy in my heart and life to see them become who God has called them to be. And so I want you to know, church family, if you want joy, vest your life in the life of someone else. Vest your time. Make sure that you're doing everything that you can to help somebody else grow in faith, grow as a person, grow relationally, grow in responsibility. I can honestly say I have six children, I have ten grandchildren, I have uh, three grandchildren on the way, and not any of them are on the payroll. I have joy, exceedingly great joy. My cup's overflowing because I'm not paying their bills in Jesus' name. Sherry, do you know? Do you know we can go on vacation when we want to? Come on, somebody. I don't have to have a special offering for it. We can go because they have grown and gone, and they're all independent, and they're maturing, and I'm making a little joke out of it, but I tell you what, nothing brings me greater joy than to see them become solid in their faith, to hear them pray their own prayer of faith, come on, to see them walk in faith and do what's right and be connected to a local body of believers, and to see you as my church family mature in faith, it brings me great joy. Vest your life in someone else. It'll give you great joy. Number four, and lastly today, I believe that you have to choose joy. You have to choose it. Scripture speaks of, listen to this, joy and peace in believing. By faith, you choose to receive his joy. By faith, you choose to walk in his joy. By faith, you search for opportunities for joy to abound. By faith, you testify of his grace. That brings great joy. Come on, somebody, amen. By faith, listen, you celebrate your fellowship with others. You lift my countenance. I've told you that before. There have been times that I've come to this church house like others, and I've, and I've been a little bit downcast. But your smile, your handshake, your hug lifted my countenance in God. I've also learned to rejoice in the growth of others. I've vested my life in the lives of others, and it brings great joy to me. I encourage you today to press through the hardships like Jesus did. The joy that was set before him, he endured the cross he despised the shame, and now he's set down together on the right hand of God. He gives us joy, doesn't he, church family? We joy in him and through him, and we have great joy. And I close with this, a psalm, Psalm 119. It's only 150 verses. We'll get through it rather quickly here today. I had to know it's actually Psalm 42. There's 11 verses, but I want to read it in closing. 
because I think it sets the context. It helps affirm the context of what I wanted to drop in your heart today. So I've done my very best this Christmas season, and starting in the first Sunday in December, to extract something related to the Christmas story, whether it be Matthew's writing about the Magi or Luke's writing about Mary and uh, what God did in her heart and life, all the way to the gifts that the Magi brought, to the light that I spoke about on Friday night, until today when my eyes and as I prepared my heart, my, my attention was drawn to joy. To joy, I just, it's a spiritual fruit. You understand what I mean by that? It's a fruit. It's, the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, right? You can't manufacture it. You can't go home and, and, and fabricate it. It has to be produced in you by the power of the Spirit of God, right? It is a spiritual virtue, but God has it if we'll receive it by faith, right? And so in this psalm, I want you to read it with me because it's just, we're going to read it quickly and we're going to culminate it and then we're going to stand in prayer in just a moment here. The psalmist here writes, he says, as the heart panteth, which is the deer, panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. So it's a moment of searching for God. He said, my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? But then he begins to shift. It seems like this is a celebration. It's a, it's a moment where his heart is longing after the presence of God, and that is, but it's for a different reason. He then begins to reveal the position that he finds himself in life, the psalmist does. He says, my tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? So he actually was saying through that text, I'm at a lonely place in my life. And then he said this, and this is why I want to draw your attention to it for a moment. He said, I remembered these things. I poured out my soul in me, for I had gone on Christmas morning, December 25th, 2022, with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God. I went, it was Christmas morning. First assembly was having church. Everyone around me had joy and praise. There was joy in their hearts. There was a multitude that kept, you know, holy day is simply holiday, don't you? Right? So the, the psalmist is describing when he went to church on a holiday and everybody was celebrating and they were singing joy unspeakable and full of glory. But deep inside, the psalmist said, but my soul was cast down. My soul was dispirited. And he begins to, and disquieted, he's talking to himself and he's asking his own soul this question, why are you disquieted? And then he answers himself. Have you ever done that? Do you ask yourself a question and then answer yourself? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. He says, oh my God, we'll read it quickly in closing. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. How do I overcome this, Pastor Brown? I've preached from this in the past. I won't, I won't take it in depth today, but you just read it. You see it. How can I overcome that moment where it's Christmas and I'm around other people and they have joy and I don't seem to have joy? He said, I'm going to remember God. That's what he said. I'm going to remember the Lord. I'll tell you what, if you'll remember what he did for you, it'll lift your countenance. Right? I know really in Scripture, we're, we're, we're remembering the birth of our Savior, but you've heard me preach about it. He was born to die. Right? He was born to die. 
And so whether you, re- whether you remember about his birth, whether you remember about his miracles or his deliverance ministry, or you remember his teachings, or whether you remember the crucifixion and the resurrection and the promise of his return, whatever it is, but somewhere along the line, you've got to turn your affection to the Lord. And if you'll turn your affection to the Lord and you'll be remembering, you remember him and his goodness, deep will call to deep. Come on, your spirit will begin to be agitated in a positive way. Deep will begin to call to deep. His spirit will call out to you. Things will go in and out of you, and the spirit of God will begin to lift your countenance. The Lord will command his loving kindness in daytime, and in the night will be a song, and in your prayer unto God will be heard, and I will say unto my God, you're my rock. Something begins to shift. Even when I'm struggling, and there's struggle, it's kind of a back and forth moment. One moment I'm praising God, the next minute I'm questioning, and then the 10th verse, he begins to say, you know what, I it was a depressive moment for him, but then he t- returns to this last question again. He says, why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? He said, then he answers himself for this last time, and I want to leave you with this today. Hope thou in God. Hope thou in God, for I will praise him. He's the health of my countenance. Charles Hayden Spurgeon, the great prince of preachers, in a message that was preached at the Metropolitan Tabernacle in London, England, on joy. As he was taking his text from Philippians chapter number 4, where Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. The same word that's translated joy is translated rejoice. It's the same context. Charles Spurgeon concludes that to the Christian, we're not allowed to live life downcast. He's done too much for us, church family. Come on now. If we'll just remember him and think about his goodness and ponder his grace, I'm telling you, you will find a reason. Listen, you can be a quiet person, but there will something will bubble up on the inside of you, and you will find a reason to give God glory. And as as you do so, I'm telling you, his joy, his joy will be deposited down in your spirit. I want to ask you to stand up with me today. The worship team is going to return to the platform with us this morning, if they will. And we're going, to, we're going to go out the way we came in, worshiping a great and a mighty God. As they make their way to the platform, I want to ask you to let your heads be bowed and your eyes closed. Let me talk to you for just a moment, very personally, for a moment of time. I'm going to give a twofold invitation today. It's brief. It's been a brief service. But you've come out today with joy in your heart. Most of you have. Most of you. But when I got to this passage in Psalm 42, I may have struck a chord with you because you may be the person that's here. You got on Christmas clothes. You rode in a car where they were singing Christmas carols. You got here this morning and we were singing about unspeakable joy. But deep inside, deep inside, you're downcast today. And you'd say, Pastor, I don't want to live life this way. I want to tell you this real quickly. God doesn't want you to either. Jesus said, my joy, my joy. I'll give you my joy. You believe that today? Did you believe that you can receive his joy? Come on, do you believe that today? Do you believe that today? As our heads are bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask if there's anyone here today that says, Pastor Brown, you're my pastor, you're my friend. You're my encourager. You're, my, you're somebody I know prays for me. Pastor, would you pray for me today? Pray for me that I will, by faith, receive this joy that you've spoken of. 